This is the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Fur Neiman. If you're looking to generate wealth and passive income in the lucrative world of mobile home parks, you're in the right place. You'll discover solutions to the common legal and operational pitfalls and how to optimize parks to maximize income. Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman. Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again today with another episode. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to drop a deal. And what I mean by this is generally when you tie up a piece of real estate, in particular commercial real estate or mobile home park, you have a due diligence period or an inspection period. Sometimes you have a financing period or you have other outs or conditions precedent to sell, to, to acquire, you know, for example, a satisfactory insurance policy, appraisal, environmental study, survey, title work. Sometimes you have extensions, but, but ultimately it's, it's industry norm to have a kind of free look period. Um, I've recently been seeing some deals that require firm or hard money, meaning non-refundable from the outset of the contract. So at the very, you know, for maybe, see I had one the other day, it was $150,000 firm immediately, which I don't rent, I don't generally like um, as a buyer and as buyer's attorney in this case, um, we had to negotiate some outs, you know, for example, seller default, seller fraud, things like that, um, which I'll cover in another episode. But if you have a non-refundable amount of money right out of the gate, you probably want to have an access agreement or some other agreement or contract that allows you to get on the property to, you know, at least kick the tires a little bit before you're under contract. Now, you typically will not have the property under full control and taken off the market with an access agreement, but at least you're not going to go firm on 150K and, you know, potentially lose a bunch of money before you've really had a chance to kick the tires. But for today, we're going to talk about dropping a deal during the inspection period or the due diligence period. And ultimately, what's the due diligence period for? It's for looking around both off-site and on-site, you know, doing things. I've got all kinds of episodes on these sort of due diligence items and landmines. But basically, you want to figure out, is the deal that I think I'm buying for the price I'm under contract for really what I'm buying? Or is it worse? And sometimes you'll find out, I looked at a deal yesterday, actually, where, man, the price, it was $3 million. The price looked really good. We didn't, we didn't end up offering on it, but the price looked really good. Did some more research, and turns out the treatment plant has a million-dollar problem. It's a huge treatment plant for over 200 pads, and million-dollar problem. City sewer is too far away to connect to. So, like, okay, well, it's not really worth $3 million to me if the first thing i got to do is fix a million-dollar problem. So... If I was under contract on that park, I would want to terminate that contract or potentially retrade. Everyone hates a retrade. That's when you come back and say, look, I thought I was buying it for $3 million, but I'm not going to anymore. So I have the right, generally generally the unfettered right for my with my sole discretion to terminate the contract for any reason or for no reason. But sometimes I don't want to just terminate. I want to, I still want to buy it. I just want to pay $3 million. So maybe I say, hey, look, I'll buy it for, for $2 million. Obviously, the seller's not going to be that jonesed about a $1 million price reduction. But it might be reasonable. So if you're going to retrade, as a general rule, if, if you don't retrade and you get a reputation for not retrading, that really helps, especially with the broker that says, hey, these guys don't retrade. Hey, these guys close. But if you're going to retrade, it needs to be well-founded. 
it needs to be like, look, you said there was 50 occupied homes. Upon inspection, there's only 40. You said that the lagoon system was in uh, good repair. Upon inspection, it's not, and so on. So my favorite way to do it, uh, I used to do it in person and you're kind of like, hey, look, I'm man enough to face you in person. But what I've found is that that really makes emotions high. And the point of a retrade is to have a a win-win that's at a lower price, but still a win-win. So you have to have logic involved instead of emotion. So what I typically do is I, I write out a very detailed email and I say, look, here's the problems. Collections are this. Number of occupied lots are this. The roads, we got bids for this that you didn't disclose. There are these demo homes you don't have title to. So now I have to go through the Bannon Housing Act process where I have to demolish them. And I go through all of the items and I, and I put it in writing and I give a range. I say, look, I got bids, you know, uh, or you don't have to necessarily show them your bids. Sometimes they want you to do that to seller will, but you can say, look, I got bids for plus or minus 20,000 or for 20 to 30. And you can, if you ask, you can produce a bid for 30. So I think it's going to be 20 to 30. And you can add up all the ranges at the bottom and say, look, it looks like I've got a range of discount from X to Y that is, that is warranted. And, and you can get, if, if you disagree, please let me know. But here's the, my inspections. And, and realistically, the seller knows those problems. The seller's like, yeah, I knew that the collections were down. Yeah, I knew that, yeah, the water system was leaking a lot. I've been trying to fix it. Oh, I, said, I thought I fixed it. But, oh, yeah, you're probably right. And... And you just spell it out logically. And I, I, I've been doing that by email now. And I don't do it the last day before my inspection period's up in case they need more time or in case, I, in case I'm bluffing, perhaps. But what I'll do is I'll do it at least several days in advance. And it helps if I've been communicative throughout the process with the seller. Like, look, I'm coming on site with my camera guy. We're going to camera the sewer lines. Okay, cool. Hey, I'm coming on site. My phase one guy, um, his name's Robert. Uh, he's going to reach out to you. And so on. And they, they see it, you know, quote, working on the property um, when i was in you know retail it was really important because there was a long gestation period in, in due diligence because you had to get entitlements and tax incentives and rezoning all that stuff that it might take six months so the, the sellers gonna be pissed if you wait five months and then start working on it so we like, were working on it right out of the gate we're meeting with city council members we're, we're putting plans together we're spending money on engineering sellers like to see that you're trying and you're giving it the you know good old college try it really helps if later you need to you need to retrade or drop the deal. If you drop the deal, it really doesn't matter that much, I guess, because as long as they they don't try to tie up your earnest money with with the title company, then you don't really need to be friends anymore. But maybe you do, and I'll get to that in a minute. So basically, you you spell out the retrade terms, the logic. If you want to provide bids, you go ahead and do that, and you say, look, the range is between five hundred thousand and a million dollars of pain. Now, dear John. I like your park. I'd like to buy it, but obviously I can't buy it. It would be irresponsible me, and it would, and I would not be a fiduciary to my investors. And and, and frankly, I just don't feel like working for free, so I can't buy it at the price because it would be unjustly enriching you. But I'd like to see if we can work together to find another solution. Let's chat in a day or two when you're ready. And then you let John Smith sleep on it, and he can you know throw the newspaper and you know punch his computer screen and yell yell at the screen and all that when he reads it but he has a he has a chance to calm down if they call me right away after email, I, I generally won't answer them because I'm, I'm not because you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube so to speak if, if if he calls and yells at you or you say you know what and you're a horrible operator and you're breaking fha violations and i'm going to turn you in then you've 
you've let your emotion get over the top and you're never going to get a deal made. Um, and sometimes I've done this and the, the guy doesn't budge and I have to drop the deal. Sometimes the guy doesn't budge and I can still find a way. Um, and typically the way you find a way is if most people when they make decisions, they think there's either option one or option two. Like it's yes or no, it's black or white. So my uncle taught me this and he learned it. He's a big time attorney and CPA in Nebraska. And he learned it from the head of a big time corporation who was an attorney at their firm and went to be the CEO. And he had me draw two dots on a piece of paper. So if you're not driving, do this. Draw two dots on a piece of paper. Those are the two decisions most people think they can make. He said, connect the dots. So what I do, I connected the dots. And I went left to right and I drew a straight line between the dots. And he said, those are all the options on the decision tree that you can have. It's not just drop the contract or don't. It might be drop the contract, don't, or hey, maybe the price concession, or maybe you sell or carry the homes, or maybe you throw in the pool table, or maybe you sell or finance the land, or maybe you give me a 90 days or maybe to get more investors with who have a lower yield requirement, or maybe you allow me to do a master lease with options to purchase. And so there's all, on, on a line, you know, there's, there's infinite points. But, he, but he, he said, let me take it a step further. And I connected the dots in a straight line because that's, you know, that's the shortest distance between two points, right? He drew a circle. And the, first, the circle started at the first dot, went up around to the right, came back down, hit the second dot, went through the second dot, went back around, down, and back to the left, and up and connected. And the point was clear that there are more options than I thought about with just connecting the two dots. There are more than two. There are more than the amount of dots within the line. There are many, many more. So if you think creatively, you think of solutions, you can solve more problems. And that's when you get paid in life, right? You add value, you add value. When you solve problems that people haven't thought of the questions for yet, that's when you're going to be really valuable. So it's, it's thinking critically, it's thinking ahead. So back to dropping a deal. I've had at least two off the top of my head deals. I've closed about 20 deals. Um, at least two of those were deals that I dropped. I dropped the contract, but I did it tastefully. And I said, look, I just, I tied this thing up on the first day on the market. I realized, you know, I realized that I was buying it at a reasonable price based on the list price. But upon further review, it is, it is a lot uh, less valuable to me than I thought. And I'm not going to retrade you on price because I'm sure you can go back to market. And I didn't say there's a greater fool than me, but there's probably another buyer out there. I'm just not that buyer and I don't want to waste your time. And I've only been under contract for 25 days and I've got 60, but I'm going to give it back. And I wish you guys well. The first time I did this, they were pissed. They were quasi-pissed. Um, and they tied it up with the next guy. And repeat. And the next guy. Repeat. Repeat. Well, I had shown some effort. I had analysis and logic in my numbers. I said, look, I, it's too far gone. I didn't even throw a concession number out there or a retrade. And I let the deal go. Now, I, I had some risk that somebody else would close on it. But I didn't think they would. Um, and, I, and I've done that once and it didn't work. So it's not like I'm bulletproof here on my decision making. But uh, it was a calculated risk. And wouldn't you know it? Four or five months later, they called me back and said, Hey, you gave this a good old try. You seem to be right. The other guys won't close either. What's your number? And I threw out a number, and they had a counteroffer. We got close to it. I ended up closing on about a third of the price. 
what I what I did previously, what I had under contract previously, because I I was respectful and logical in my exit. They called me back. Fast forward a couple years, similar deal. I tied up first day. I thought it was worth like I don't know six fifty. It was on the market for like four fifty five hundred. I was like oh, sweet. I tied up full price first day and it was a dog i'd seen it years earlier i'd been in this market it had just fallen apart um, and it had, it had a lot of hair on i was like i cannot buy this and i and it was a father-son team and my dad and i were father-son teams and we had renovated and bought and sold another park in the same market and they had seen that we had did a done a good job as far as cleaning it up and this was their hometown not my hometown but they're like yeah you, you did a good job in our hometown so we appreciate you um, we'll go with you. Well, I just said, look, I'm way off on price. I, I can't even, this deal's worse than I thought and worse than your broker represented. I blame the broker and it really was the broker. So it had a bunch of RV, but it did, well, that wasn't in the offering memorandum. It didn't disclose that. Like RV is not as good as MH from a cap rate um, perspective, from a banking perspective, from a stability perspective. I'm like, I'm not paying for one third RV paying, you know, MH pricing. It's like, you know, I want a steak. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna accept hamburger for the same rate. So I dropped a deal. It went around. I forgot about it. Basically, I mean, it went around and around for like eight months. And the guy called me. The dad called me back. Eight months later, and said, "Hey, here's the deal. Here's the new. I was at like 450. I think. Here's the new price. Somebody else tied it up. At uh, and I and we agreed. Eventually, he retraded us down. It's now at 295." With the two, and now the guy's saying, I can't get the loan because it's too small. He wants me to sell or carry. And dad was the one that was the financial guy. And he said, If I'm going to sell or carry 250, I'm going to do it for somebody like you and your dad that know what you're doing and not this guy. And the guy says he's going to walk if I don't sell or carry. So he goes, I, I want to get the deal done, but I wanted to see if you're ready in the wings if the guy walks. Because if so, I'll tell him to go pound sand and no sell or carry. And I said, deal. So the old man tells the other buyer, no seller carry, close or don't. And the guy says, I dropped the contract. And he immediately then signed a contract with me. And we bought that deal 30 days later. And it was from being respectful and being and being a closer when I need to be and being somebody can turn a project around when I need to be. And, it, and his deal fell back in my lap. And I, I like to, you've heard me say this before, you know, you make your money when you buy. You get paid when you sell or, or when you refinance. So I got paid $200,000 in that day. Now, I, I still own this deal, and it's not turned around yet. So I have not put that 200000 in my pocket. Um, but I will either refinance or sell this deal probably first quarter 2020, 2022. I think I'm six months out. Um, I've only owned it for six months. So, I mean, uh, two hundred grand. On a deal, I got to put like fifty down, and we got to put some other capex in it. But it's it's going to be a a real good yield. Um, it's a small deal, but close, relatively close to our other projects. Know the market, and 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 what's worked out even better because we closed. We had some problems right out the gate. There was a guy. There was one guy there that had an RV, and he was a big time drug dealer, which we didn't recognize, and he was letting a bunch of homeless people and crazy people, you know, taking a crap in the middle of the street and daylight and just like crazy stuff like that going on so the police department previously was let's just say less than helpful 
they had to get involved. Even we tried to pay them, like off-duty cops, so they, were just, they just didn't want part of it. So I called this guy and I said, this thing is a lot worse than you said. What can you do? And we missed some of the stuff in our DDs. Like, you can't catch everything. And turns out he's like the richest guy in this town. And he's like, I'm actually at dinner with the mayor and the police chief. We'll get it taken care of for you. And the, turn the world around for us. These guys have been helpful. So again, I dropped a deal with Logic, but tastefully, it fell back in my lap. I'm going to get paid $200,000 when I finish the project on it. And I got the seller's dad helping me with, you know, legitimate, but with political connections to help make my project easier and make my deal better. So lesson learned, be smart, be respectful. Uh, as my dad often says, you know, do what you say you'll do. Like, look, I'll close at this price if it's this representation, but it wasn't this. So I'm not going to close. But if you do this, I'll do this. And just, you know, treat people respectfully and they treat you back. And hey, it works out. So that's just a little bit of uh, how I retrade. I try not to retrade. I, I, tr you know, I really hate doing it. Um, and I, and if you're gonna retrade, here's another tip I just thought of because I see this all the time. My clients. I got one client in particular. Particular. He retrades five times, and it and it, he's closed some deals, uh, four or five deals this year. So good for him. But everybody's everybody's mad. There's no like high fives at the closing table. It's just a it's just a crap show, if you will. Um, so if you're gonna retrade, just take one bite at that apple. Do it once. So don't do it early, and then and then oh now something else came up. Get all your ducks in a row. Do it once and mean it, and be willing to walk away. It's kind of like at an old auction. Um, you know, I, I bid on a deal at an auction. I had a number in my head, and it wasn't just in my head. We calculated it and said this is what I'll pay. If it goes higher than this, I walk away. And deals and auctions sell for more than they're worth all the time. Um, and that's why the auction business, frankly, I think, exists. People pay $500 for a lawnmower. It's worth $200 because the energy and the excitement and the, the winning, it's kind of like gambling where there's like an irrational emotion involved. So don't do that. Get your ducks in a row. Know what you're going to do if the guy says no. Retrade if he says no. No, I'm going to counter. I was bluffing or I wasn't. And I think bluffing is not that not that good in this business because, frankly, people don't go for it as well. They, they want some analysis and some logic and some proof. So, anyway, till next time, have fun. God bless. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, give us your review, and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.